Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Somebody has to take a stand. And it may be at your place of work, it may be in your home, it may be wherever, that somewhere you're going to have to take a stand. And we'll see that taking a stand is going to cost us. Asa does this. Serving God requires us to be active in removing hindrances in our lives, not just doing good things. When God begins to work in our lives as we seek Him, it isn't only that you add things to your life, but God will remove things from your life. If you grew up in a household with believers for parents or had a grandparent or influential person in your life whose faith was evident and strong, what a blessing. If you're a believer today and you didn't grow up in a Christian household, the Lord still found you. He makes himself available to everyone, regardless of where they came from. But even if you're surrounded by followers of Jesus, you have to make the decision for yourself. No one else can seek God for you. As we'll see today, the Lord makes it very clear that there are only two ways to go. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1, for part one of our message entitled, Seek and Find. Remember, Israel's divided, and as Israel in the north and Judah in the south, the focus of 2 Corinthians is on Judah, because that's the lineage of David, that's where Christ is going to come from. It's really good not to go through the Israel in the north, because there was no good kings. It was kind of a depressing time. How many remember as a child, let's see how your Alzheimer's is, Playing hide-and-seek. Anybody? Yeah. Great times. Used to have lots of fun with that. How many then remember growing up and playing hide-and-seek with your children and allowing them to find you? You remember that? You had to do that, didn't you? And yet, you know, you just had to play the game, whatever, so they could find you. We're going to see tonight, same principle spiritually. God finds us, or we allows us to find him. We think we're doing all the seeking. Really, he's been doing the seeking all the time and just shows up, and what a great time it be. We'll see as we go through this. Chapter 14, verse 1. This kind of just finishes the last chapter. Actually, it should have been with chapter 13, but for whatever reason, they placed it in 14. And Abijah rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And Asa, his son, succeeded him as king. In his days, the country was at peace for ten years. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. Notice it just doesn't say Asa did what was good and right. But it reminds us of a very important principle. 
in the eyes of the Lord. There isn't anything in our lives hidden from the eyes of the Lord. Now, if we're doing okay, that's comforting. If we're not doing okay, it bugs us. But it's good it bugs us, because that causes us to come back and do okay again. It's important for you to know tonight that the eyes of the Lord are not really just on the external. You know that. The control center of our life is our heart. That's where God always focuses. As humans, we don't do very well judging because we judge usually from the outside. But God always knows. He even knows right now what's going through your mind, what you're thinking about, how you worship, what your day was like. And it says that Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He had a good heart. He wanted to please God. And right by that verse, you might want to write this. Asa had a great start. We'll see a little difference as we finish chapter 15. Verse 3. Well, what kind of things... You see, when the heart is good, how does it begin to show itself? It shows itself with our words and our mouth and our lips. We'll see that it transfers over basically to our eyes, we'll see that what comes out of our heart transfers to our feet. So you see that Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, had a good heart. Verse 3, he removed the foreign altars and the high places. And he smashed the sacred stones and he cut down the Asheroth poles. And he commanded Judah, the nation, he's the king now, You want to circle these words, to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and not only to seek him, but to obey his laws and commands. If you're a leader here, that's a great verse for those of you that are in leadership. A good leader should urge or challenge the people to serve God with all their hearts, which obviously means obedience. If you're a parent, that is one of the great roles that God has given you, is to challenge your children and your grandchildren to serve God with all their hearts. You'll see in a moment, to do that, we have to be serving Him ourselves. Asa couldn't ask them to do one thing and then live differently. It's very important as a leader that we challenge people to seek the Lord. Now, as you think about that, that is a role, certainly for a pastor, is to challenge you, to exhort you, to seek God with all your heart. It's wonderful on Wednesday, because most of us here are Christians. On the weekend, sometimes it's a little different. Lots of unbelievers, which is awesome too. But when you have all the believers together, worship is kind of different sometimes. People just are full on worshiping. And I watched you guys worshiping tonight as I was worshiping, and you did very good. You were worshiping God. You see, when that isn't happening from time to time, we have to stop, we have to challenge ourselves. And once in a while, I'll say, all we're going to have is an acoustic. Because sometimes we get used to worshiping worship instead of Jesus. 
Now, when we seek God, I think it's important that you understand my goal as a pastor is to see you mature, to grow in your walk. That causes, that comes from a a desire that God has given me to grow on my walk, and I transfer that to you, hopefully with love and encouragement, and sometimes a little spiritual kick in the pants or whatever, those kind of things to get us going. Here's the reason. We have too many lukewarm Christians in our world tonight. Just as the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 was filled with carnal Christians, our churches today are filled with people who are just absolutely going through the motions. And I want to challenge you up front that if you'll seek God, he'll absolutely be found. But if you're playing around tonight, and you're just kind of going through the motions, you need to be careful because God knows your motive. See, and we outwardly can do a lot of things, but... I can't seek God for you. Notice, Asa says to all the people of Israel, seek God, find God. Well, I can challenge you. I can't find him for you. I can't cause your heart to desire to find him. So it's important that we do that, and yet the onus is really on you as an individual. No one else can seek God for you. They can pray for you. They can encourage you. They can challenge you. They can bring you into accountability. But you and I alone can seek God. Now remember, as he's doing that, this is a part of correction. Because for many years, they had not been doing right. So when we're corrected, we have to open ourselves and say, okay, God, all right, it's okay. I'll take it. Look what he did in verse 5. He removed the high places... And the incense altars in every town in Judah and the kingdom was at peace under him. Asa put away the pagan gods of his parents and the other Jews that had been living in Judah for many years. These idols, many of them, really the sexual goddesses of the time, were initially established by King Solomon because of his foreign wives, which God told him not to do. They had made it all the way down through the reign of Abijah. But now Asa said, we've had enough. It's time for a revival. And the only way a revival really happens is that somebody finally takes a stand for that which is right. This is what Ace is doing. You see, somebody has to take a stand. And it may be at your place of work, it may be in your home, it may be wherever, that somewhere you're going to have to take a stand. And we'll see that taking a stand is going to cost us. Asa does this. Serving God requires us to be active in removing hindrances in our lives, not just doing good things. When God begins to work in our lives as we seek Him, it isn't only that you add things to your life, but God will remove things from your life. And often, in this case, they were bad things, but often they're good things that are not the best. So adding and subtracting comes from God. You just don't add in our life because we only have so much time, so many hours, so forth. So normally God will take some things away. He'll just change some things in our hearts. Notice, Asa 
didn't allow, this is very important for us, the upbringing, his upbringing, to stand in his way. He was raised in a home where they served pagan gods. Sex was a big part of their pagan religion. He didn't allow this to make an excuse for him not serving God. He came to the place in his own life where he finally just said, I've had enough. Here's my background. I don't like the background. I'm not going to do what my dad did, my mom did. I'm going to make a change. That's a very important thing in our life to realize that as you come across people at work or in your neighborhood or wherever, they have all these things in their background. And they wonder if they can start really fresh for God. Yes, they can. This was Asa. He said, I'm not going to do what my parents even did. I'm going to take a stand for God. Now, I said to you earlier, it's very important that a strong, that a leader should encourage people to serve God with all their hearts. To do that, Asa sets the example. Parent, leader, you have to seek God yourself by putting away things, getting your life right. It's a constant kind of thing in all of our lives. As you do that, then you have the right to challenge your children, to challenge your class, to challenge this fellowship after we are doing those things that God is speaking to our heart. Asa did that. He didn't challenge the people until he took care of some things himself. Verse 6. And he built up the fortified cities of Judah since the land was at peace. No one was at war with him during those 10 years. For the Lord gave him rest. Verse 7, Let us build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers and gates and bars. The land is still ours, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. This is a very important principle, and you may not see it in those verses because it doesn't look like anything we just read there was spiritual, but it's very important spiritually. There are times in our lives when everything kind of is going okay. It's just one of those times when, in this particular case, everything was at rest. There was seemingly no war. There weren't people coming into Judah. So what Asa did was during those times, he began to build up the defenses of his cities. During these times of prosperity, he went out and did what he knew he was going to do for a very important reason. Because Asa knew during these times, there would eventually be again times of war. You might be going through a really comfortable time in your life and uh, things just to me, everything seems to be in order, everything seems to be going good. And here's the danger that many of us have. We're going to just kick back and enjoy life. Now, Asa tells us that during times when everything is just smooth and going well is not the time to get spiritually lazy. He goes out and he does what? He begins to build defenses. So during your times, during my times, when things are just going smooth, it's a great time to head back spiritually and to begin to make sure the spiritual armor is on. Ephesians chapter 6. 
Don't just kick back and say, man, I'm going to take this time to just relax now. Don't really need to study the Bible. Don't really need to come to prayer meeting afterglow. Who, who needs the things of the Spirit, man? Everything is cool in my life. Careful, because it won't stay that way. There will be more battles. Life is always a battleground. And so what Asa is doing is very important. Now that doesn't mean during those times we can't be at rest. Notice why he's at rest. If our heart is full after God, one of the things that comes is peace. So we have rest even in the middle, those of you that have been laid off. If you're serving God with your heart, amazing that we can have peace in those times. Why? Well, who's at the control center? God is. It's going to be all right. We're not sure how it's going to turn out. Realistically, we're not sure how it's ever going to turn out till the end. But he's in control. So Asa does, I think, a very important thing. And I want to challenge you tonight. If you happen to be one of those times, just uh, realize that our life requires ongoing endurance and constant discipline. Life is not kind of a sprint. It's a marathon. And we must be moving forward during those times of peace and prosperity. Because when the next spiritual battle happens, and it will happen, there is usually, listen, no time to build up the defenses. You have to be ready. Do you remember Daniel? It said Daniel, when he went there and, and was tempted with that food, it said he had already made up his mind he wasn't going to compromise. So he did that during times of peace. So that's when you and I have to make up our mind. When this next battle comes, I'm all right. I built up the defenses. I'm okay. I'm not going to compromise. Because if you don't do that and you move right into war, sometimes we fall. If you're at that place, now if you're at a really difficult time in your life and you're in the middle of a warfare, none of this I just said to you is too important. Because what are you doing? You're fighting with everything. You know you need God. So you're just depending on God. You're not kicking back. You're reading the Bible. You're, those of you that just lost your job, you've been in the Bible recently. Is that right? You might not have been before. You're definitely in the Bible now. God showed me. Because that's what happens in our lives. So much better to be that way ahead of time. Verse 8. And Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah equipped with large shields and spears and 280,000 from Benjamin armed with small shields, with bows. And all these were brave, fighting men. Ladies, isn't it wonderful to have a church, finally, where there are brave, spiritual men and lots of them? Ladies, isn't it? Do you know that wasn't always so? When I was being raised... The strong people in the church were not the men. There were very few. It was the women. Now, we like strong women, too. But I love what you saw here. Strong spiritual men. Go for it, guys. Good job. Leaders of your home. Submitted to your wife and to God. Still loving it. Amen. Verse 9. And Zerah the Cushite marched against them with a vast army. By the way, the army was one million. So you can do the math in verse 8 and verse 9. And 300 chariots and came as far as Marishah. 
And Asa went out to meet him, and they took up their battle positions in the valley. Here we are again, almost two to one, outnumbered. The enemy looks big. It looks impossible. But Asa does a very important thing. Look at verse 11. Then Asa called upon the Lord. By the way, when things look bleak, pray. Just pray. It's two to one. He's in trouble. He doesn't debate. He just goes right to God. And we're going to study this prayer for just a moment. Look what he says in the prayer. Look how short the prayer is. Of course, if you've got a million guys getting ready to come on you, you don't have time to give us one of those long debated prayers. And he said, Lord, there was no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Here are the three parts of the prayer. And I want you to write them down because I'd like you to practice these three parts of this prayer. First part of the prayer is, he acknowledges the greatness of God. Before you pray, start praying. Don't ask for something. Do what Asa did. He acknowledged the greatness of God. Now, why is it important to do that? It's important to realize as we pray that there's nothing too difficult for God. So you want to look at the greatness of God as you enter into prayer. And notice here, he says, Lord, there was no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God. It's a personal relationship. Remind God as you're praying that you're his son or you're his daughter. Second part of the prayer is he admits the need for God's help. God loves to bring us to these places to ruin our pride, smash it. Ace is there. It's two to one against him. And basically he says, there's no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Well, who's the powerless? Asa. So in our prayers, it's a very important thing to say to God, I need your help. Normally we say that, then we say, now, quickly. And that's good too, because the Lord knows. The third part of the prayer is this. He promises to advance in God's power and assurance. In other words, he's going to activate his faith. Look at this. He says, help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. In other words, we don't rely on us. We don't have enough guys here. And your name we have come against. And he reminds God that this army is vast. O Lord, our God, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. So what he's saying is, God, we're going to go in this battle. We don't have any choice. And when you come to help us, we're going to move forward in your strength and in your power. And I'm sure you're going to come to help us. So he prayed in faith. Real faith gets going. Real faith gets involved. Today we heard of the faithfulness of Asa as he discarded the idols and pagan altars in Judah and led the people to serve the true God. He removed the hindrances to fully follow the Lord. We also heard Asa call out to God, acknowledging that there was no other as powerful 
to help the people as the Lord. As Pastor Mark reminded us, when things look bleak, we should pray and have faith that God will follow through. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 2277. And the title of this message is Seek and Find. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 2277. And the message title is Seek and Find. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we hear about the next steps to take as believers who seek to follow through with the Lord's leading. The Lord will give a prophet a word for Asa and all of Judah encouraging them to have faith in his power. Pastor Mark will remind us to examine our motives and reasons for seeking God because he knows our hearts better than we do. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Second Chronicles. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 